1: Eagles are at the podium, and we've got it covered here thanks to the fine folk at Bleeding Green Nation and SB Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. that's K-I-S-T. And today we have the newest press conference from Doug Peterson for you. It's from Saturday, December 7th. But before we get into that, I wanted to address the Odell Beckham Jr. trade rumors, how the Eagles should treat that, and give you some quick programming notes. So as you know, the Eagles play the New York Giants tonight on Monday Night Football. And directly after the game, Benjamin Solak and I will be recording our usual reaction show. So you'll get that sometime in the early a.m. You'll also get a quick turnaround from Seamus Clancy and his From the Bleacher show to give you the fan perspective of what went down. Make sure you're following us at BGN underscore radio to keep updated regarding when these shows are dropping because it'll be a bit of an abbreviated week and that'll impact which shows come out and when. Now, in terms of the OBJ stuff that I've Already kind of alluded to. I've already gotten a lot of questions about if I'd pull a trigger on a trade to bring him to Philadelphia. So let's take a 10,000 foot view of things and then dial in on more specifics as we go. First, you're talking about a relatively young player. He's 27 years old. Birthday was in November. So he's a young 27, would turn 28 next season. So let's put that in the pro column for a team that is on the older side of things on the whole. Another pro is the guy is supremely talented. No question. He's in his sixth season, but just counting the five that have been completed, he's only fallen short of a thousand yards once. That was in 2017 when he only played four games. The guy has 46 touchdowns to his name. And since he entered the league in 2014, he is sixth in receiving yards in that span, fourth in touchdowns. So extremely productive. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So this is a very good football player. So put a check in the production box on the pro side. Now This year, he's seen career lows in yards per game, receptions per game, so on and so forth. He's also dealing with an injury. It's reported that he's had a sports hernia injury, and that probably has a lot to do with it because he's not playing very well this year. I don't know how much of that has impacted his game, but it definitely has at least a little bit, so he should be given the benefit of the doubt when you look at his whole career and what he's able to do and his talent. So to this point, again, I don't think I've said anything you don't know, so I'll start to move on towards the negatives. His cap hit averages $15 million per year over the next four years. It's not really front loaded or back loaded. It pretty much stays around that $15 million per year mark, give or take. The money next year isn't entirely prohibitive for the Eagles, but when you're looking at a team in 2021 and 2022 that are spending top three money in the league for the players that they have signed through that time frame at this point, it becomes increasingly prohibitive, especially when you're paying franchise quarterback money. This is more of a rookie window contract that you would take on, hence why it he was attracted to the Browns last offseason. So speaking of the Browns, you're looking at a player that in less than one year at Cleveland, albeit during a disappointing season compared to the expectations, which should sound familiar, but a player that per Jay Glazer is telling opposing teams to come get him, that he wants out. What's to say he won't do that in Philadelphia? How good has it been in Philadelphia for a team that already has a player using the press as his mouthpiece to criticize Wentz? How does that all fit together? So that sounds to me like yet another mess waiting to happen. And as bad as this season has been for the Eagles, adding that type of personality to the roster doesn't exactly get me excited because who's to say he won't demand another trade right out of the gate when things start to go tough? Yeah, things would probably be great with him if everything's going well. What happens when they start to struggle? What happens when they're up against it? How does he react to that? So let's put culture fit as a check in the negative column. The next part is easy. The 2020 NFL draft is looking to be loaded with wide receivers of all types. Something I'll be writing more about soon, but look at any respected draft analyst, whether it be Dane Brugler of at The Athletic, Mike Renner of PFF, Benjamin Solak with The Draft Network, and their guys there. You won't find a draft analyst saying that this wide receiver class isn't stocked with talent. So would you rather trade that top pick, incur a big contract, instead of using that pick to select one or two at a low cap cost so that you can spend elsewhere on the team, maybe like cornerback? So that part seems kind of silly to me. The opportunity presented by this 2020 class is another check in the cons. And if you want to have a conversation about how much you trust Howie and company to draft a wide receiver that's going to make an impact, forget all the ridiculous tweets that reach way back to 2010 and give the Kisten Solak show 153 a listen. We talk about that at the top of the show. But back to Hotel, my answer is no. He is too expensive. He is too selfish. And he spent less than a full season in Cleveland before demanding a trade. These are red flags. Trading for Odell Beckham Jr. would be a colossal mistake that would set the franchise back for years. It's bad money over bad. It's a panic move when there are much smarter ways to approach this wide receiver group via free agency and the draft. I'm out. I am all the way out on Odell. And don't tell me that you wouldn't turn on the guy the moment he threw a hissy fit on the sideline because he wasn't getting targeted enough through one half. Because that's the type of nonsense and drama that you're going to get from the guy. Don't tell me you wouldn't turn on him the moment he tried to shift the blame on somebody else if he had a play to make and he didn't make it. Don't tell me you wouldn't lose your mind the moment rumblings came out about him wanting a trade. Put yourself in the shoes of Cleveland fans right now and think of how you'd react in their situation. You'd hate them. You'd be running him out of town. So don't tell me Odell is the answer because you're a slave of the moment if you do. You probably want an Antonio Brown here in the offseason and even during the season when the Patriots let him walk. There is other ways to fix this group. Go younger and get some speed at a cheaper cost. You can do it in the draft. You can even potentially do it in free agency. Take a look around the free agency market and see if there's another John Brown on the market like last year, maybe a Robbie Anderson, and so on. Odell is not the answer to me. And it might look good for a few weeks, sure. You'll be dunking hard on the timeline for a couple months before reality hits you in the face. Would it be worth it? I doubt it. I'm just out on it, man. This isn't Madden. The cap isn't real until you try to trade for Odell, and personality matters. What has this man done to earn your trust after being traded to Cleveland? What makes you think he's going to suddenly be on his best behavior? You have no clue. You don't. You can't guarantee it. So you can count me out. 888-246-7272. Don't call that number, by the way. That's that's totally random. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get to Doug Peterson from Saturday at the podium.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
3: Yes, it's the weekend yeah. I'd love that No, not really I do miss you guys sometimes
4: uh, Derek Barnett
3: Sometimes Yo, I'm sorry, go ahead um, good, morning. I'll
4: see you. good morning Derek Barnett, uh, Nelson Aguilar, and Kamu Any updates on them?
3: Uh, Nelson and, and 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 Derek, obviously, uh, we're going to see again today, see just exactly where they are, um, try to get through the day's practice. Might be more game time with both of those guys. Uh, they're both working extremely hard. Kamu, uh, uh, as of, you know, right now, he's still in the, the protocol. The
4: Kamu situation, I mean, he got hurt during the game and then he played – I think another thirty-five or forty snaps, and then he met with the media on Tuesday. When when did he have the concussion? When was it diagnosed? Well, I, I
3: don't want to speculate on time of that, but I just know that when he came in Thursday, he was, you know, he was uh, talking about, you know, the symptoms, and and uh, so we evaluated him at that time and had to put him in the protocol. Yeah,
4: sometimes kind of prior to that, I guess. That just and I didn't
3: see him Monday or Tuesday. Uh, obviously, the players were off, so uh, my first time to see him was, you know, obviously Wednesday, but. Again, it was Thursday when he when he was uh, you know uh, complaining of, of symptoms. You know, sometimes remind players that you know,
4: they can play through maybe a hamstring or something, but if it's like a head injury, that they should report quicker. And yeah,
3: and, and, they, and listen, I don't know everything about those types of injuries, but you know, um, we we encourage our players, and I think this is one of the things the. the, the that the league, I think, has really um, stepped up and done a nice job with is 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 the guys can kind of self-police it. And if they do feel something, come in and then let's get it checked out, you know, as soon as possible um, so we can get them on the right track. So, um, you know, whenever whenever they feel something, you know, we ask them to say something.
4: Well, uh, not having Jordan Howard uh, affected your confidence in the running game overall no, it, it
3: hasn't. I, I really felt that last week we, we took some steps with Miles. I thought he had a, had a really good game rushing the football. Uh, offensive line has done well and we continue to show improvement there with Miles. And, and uh, you know, Jordan has been a big part, obviously early part of the season. Um, and uh, hopefully we get him back soon. How do,
4: you, how do you think Miles has grown as a runner over these last three games?
3: I think you're seeing the patience in the running game. Um, his vision is better; it's improved from week one till you know week thirteen. So, you know, and we just continue. The more he gets, um, the more he gets time. The more he gets snaps, the better he'll get.
4: What do you see from Jay? Uh, you know, he was, he was away from the game for a long time. Uh, is this just going to be a process till he's got to up to speed Yeah it's,
3: it's a process with him but um you know he, he's we understand who he is and what he's the injury that he's coming off of so we're, we're careful with that but at the same time he's a bigger powerful guy that uh, we can use in spots
4: Well so Doug you have had had practice but I guess So of who was that Boston Scott Yeah his role the last two weeks has kind of been non-existent I guess is that because of Jay or uh, you know uh, not not
3: necessarily um I think it's more because of Miles and Miles' production and, and giving him more touches and more carries in the game than it was anything anything else.
4: Doug, so you had the padded practice. What was the uh, what was your thinking on doing that? It's like,
3: well, um, a couple things. Um, you know, uh, I think it was through the Patriots week that was the last time I went in pads, and that's kind of a league mandated. You know, up through eleven games or eleven weeks, and then I get three of the next six games that I can. You know technically used use pads. We were coming off, you know, a long break from Sunday to Thursday. And, and so I uh, just wanted to put the pads back on and, and just work work through some things that day and um, got a great response. Is
4: that hey, scheduled God. all along? Yes. God, going back to uh, Jordan and Miles a little bit, has, Miles has been affected, but you had that compliment, you had Jordan and Miles. Has that kind of affected at least the identity, did not have the changeup?
3: I think from the style or the types of rushes, run, you know, schemes that that we did with both of those two um, might affect that a little bit. Uh, But uh, uh, other than that, uh, Miles, like I said, Miles has done done a great job. I'd love to get Jay a few more touches, get Boston in the mix, so so we're not obviously wearing Miles down here this last month of the season.
4: You had a couple of games this year already where weather's impacted it, like Miami, obviously the heat, Buffalo wind there's potential for rain and heavy rain are there how early in the week do you take that into consideration in your in your 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 play calls and also in
3: uh in your gameplay yeah well play calls it really determines on really when we get to the game and see how how much it's raining or the wind all that so you really you really just go in the whole week and, and and prepare as normal i think for me is If I'm preparing the team, I do want them to understand that there could be some weather coming in here. So obviously, you know, uh, cleats, uh, the the, the grass, uh, all of that. I want them to understand that, you know, uh, we can we can make those adjustments now and prepare for that now. But as far as the play calls, you really you really don't know until you see exactly in game how how bad it's raining or the wind at that time. How about from a quarterback's perspective, you know, the things you do with car safety? Like, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, we've done balls. wet balls, you know, wet balls during the during the week before. Uh, we've done stuff like that. Obviously, again, you know, try to just prepare mentally uh, to, to go into any uh, bad weather, bad weather situations. But we try not to put too much emphasis on it.
4: After the transaction this week, you're down to four wideouts. If Nelson's a game time decision, do you need to make a move in the next 24 hours?
3: very comfortable obviously with the guys you know that we have so if it's if it's three it's three and you know we, we brought up perk you know to a week ago to help us there so it's a, an addition there and um then and we go and we go play we'll, we'll discuss those you know over the week, course of the next couple of days you know leading up to the game and if we have to make a decision we will but um we're very comfortable with and very you know feel good with the guys we have behind um, in in that wide receiver room Did yeah Eric
4: play or if he's limited in some capacity who would be the next guys to take
3: more steps? Well, uh, obviously, you know uh, we got Deshaun, we got you know Sharif there, and, and could obviously you know bring either one of those or both up in, in that situation. Uh, Jannard Avery is is a guy that we brought on our roster, you know, as a as a, uh, a couple weeks ago, so he he would he would fill that role uh, just a little bit more, um, and and then of course you know Josh Sweat and Vinny. So I mean, we got we got guys that can they can fill that role, and and. Uh, um, even fill, you know, the tackle spot, you know, as well. Moving, moving Vinnie in there. BG's been in there before, so we got we got options there.
4: Uh, the, the gadget plays. Have you? Has there been like a renewed em- emphasis on that? And are you comfortable that that's not going to be an issue this week?
3: Are you referring to the gadget plays against our team? Yes. The ones that, that are last especially. three weeks. I mean, it's something that uh, obviously you know we address. We work on them in practice. We we try to put our uh, defense, expose them, our special teams units, and even offensively. We, we work a few each and every week to try to have some available, you know, each uh, each game. Um, and you never know when they're going to come, you know, uh, and, and you just got to be prepared, you, your awareness and uh, recognition, all of that. Um, and, you know, try to eliminate or at least minimize, you know, um, those types of plays.
4: What have you seen from the Giants defensively? Uh, this year on the film, what do they do best?
3: What do they kind of? Need? They're a, they're a big, big front, multiple front. Uh, they'll they'll move their guys around. Um, you know, Ogletree uh, is a is a really good back backer as far as getting them lined up. Um, you know, they're, they're secondary, uh, we would expect you know Janoris possibly to, to match with with Alshon. They haven't shown a ton of that in the last couple of weeks, but that's a possibility there. Um, and and you know, they they like to these last couple of weeks put pressure on a quarterback. Even even last week against Green Bay, with that weather being the way it was, there was a few more a few more pressures and, and things of that nature. And if this is one of those games, we could, we could see some of that. So uh, it's an aggressive group. Uh, they're great against the run. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, as we prepare this week, we got to do a good job a of.
4: As a follow-up on the padded practices, as you go into the final six weeks, do you schedule those out or do you keep them in your pocket for when you want to use them?
3: I think – I think you keep them in your pocket, you know, for when you want to use them. Cause I I do look at the schedule and I look at those last six and when are those breaks? If there's a Thursday game in there and we're coming back for 10 days, I'd I'd use one, you know, the following week. Um, this was one of those days or one of those weeks, Sunday to Monday, guys had some time off coming back, you know, on a Thursday, a chance to use one there next week's a shorter week, obviously. So definitely not going to, you know, go in pads next week. So you gotta be smart with them, especially this time of the year. But, uh, same time, you want to maintain that uh, that physicality, pad level, all those things that are fundamental, you know, to our game.
4: What can You learn about the guys by how they respond to you telling them, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go full pads here."
3: I mean, that's the thing you, you get to you get to see the reaction. I stand up here and go, "Hey, guys, we're gonna be in pads today," and then they're like, or they're ah, you know, type of thing. And I, guys responded extremely well. Um, I was really pleased, really happy with the way we practiced on Thursday. Energy level was high, uh, and that's what you see, and and that's uh, that was exciting. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks. A
2: lot. Thank you. D-G-N. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot.